A lot of you have been asking me for insomnia treatment options, so I want to let you know I have launched an insomnia treatment course. It's a very structured and effective treatment program with a lot of clinical evidence support. So one course is in Chinese and one is in English. You can find it at deepintosleep.co/insomnia. Hey, do you find yourself drinking too much Coke or Mountain Dew? Do you eat a lot of sugar in your daily diet, or do you ever find yourself getting so hungry when you don't have enough sleep and end up eating more and gaining more weight? So you may know or may not know, sleep is closely linked with how you eat, how much you eat, what you eat, and when you eat. So、today we have David Orinsko. He is a registered dietitian nutritionist in the practice for over twelve years already. One of his subspecialty actually is men's well-being and nutrition. So today, let's hear what he's going to share with us about the connection between nutrition, sleep, and health. Welcome to the show, David. Thank you very much. I'm really excited to be here. I'm really, really happy that、uh, we connected, and so I'm really excited to talk about nutrition. <laughs> awesome! So I know you have a wonderful team. Can you explain what your practice do? Yeah, sure, absolutely. So、um, I specialize in weight management, but I also see a considerable amount of people. Um, for、uh, sleep issues as well as for eating disorders, and I personally don't see、uh, people for sleep issues. There's a psychologist that works in my office that does that, but、uh, we collaborate a lot because one of the、uh, the key functions, one of the challenges that I see in people's diets、um, uh, and their health is also their sleep. But、um, when it comes to obesity, the sleep issue is a big, big problem. It's like the chicken before the egg. Is it the obesity that's leading to the sleep problems, like sleep apnea and sleep challenges, or is it the sleep challenges and maybe their diet and the way they're they're managing their day that's creating the situation where their sleep is 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 a dysfunction or a challenge? The vast majority of my clients are overweight or obese.、Yeah. So, regarding obesity, what have you noticed? Is the factors really contribute to to that? Eating habit or anything? Yeah. So、um, I tell people、uh, it's really a th- three-part problem.、Uh, it is vastly complex, though. And the reason I say it's vastly complex is because if it were、uh, simply reduce the amount of calories you consume and exercise more, then Sixty percent of the U.S. population wouldn't be overweight or obese,、um, and we've been dealing with the obesity epidemic for, gosh, now going on close to twenty-five, thirty years. It's, it's, it, it hasn't really abated. It hasn't gotten too much worse, but、uh, we really haven't seen much of a change. And so, again, it's not as simple as diet and physical activity. But to answer your question, those are the two: physical activity. And the way we eat—not so much what we eat, but the way we eat—and、mm. um, the third piece is—and you know, everybody when I tell them this, they usually go, "Oh!" 
uh, and that's stress. And to me, stress has different components, right? Mm-hmm. Stress could be a physical stress. You know, you can have a job that's very laborious and very manual, and there there could be joint problems and 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 muscle problems, back problems, um, hip problems. So physical uh, stress on the body. But then there's also the obvious, the emotional stress, the psychological stresses, right? Depression, uh, anxiety, mood disorders, and challenges of that nature. And then there are those other uh, types of stresses such as uh, family stress, emotional stress, or financial stress, you know, the kind of things that we deal with, responsibilities on a day-to-day basis. And as we get older, it gets more complicated, so on and so forth. So to me, those are the three main components, right? There's the, the way people eat, um, the, the activity that people do, and, and by that I mean either too much or too little. And then there's also uh, other complications along the physical activity. And then the, the third piece is the stress piece. It's interesting when you talk about the physical activities, uh, too much physical activities could be a problem too. Yeah, yeah. Uh, so here's a really good example. When I'm working with a lot of my clients, especially when they're uh, uh, they're looking to lose weight, and one of the most common things that people look at when they try to lose weight is physical activity. They join a gym, or they start a fitness program, or maybe they hire a personal trainer, or they join a boot camp or a fitness class of some sort or another. And all good intentions, getting more physical activity is a great thing. But oftentimes I can see that people will put in a little too much physical activity. And um, let's let's take the New Year's resolution as an example. So people at the beginning of the year will say, oh, you know, I got to start a fitness program. I feel so out of shape. And then they join a gym and they start working out. And for a couple of weeks, things are going really well. But one of the things that happens is that they start getting too extreme. In other words, they, they, they do too much. And uh, on the on the on the on the um, on the light side, uh, meaning on the less complicated side, they will work out late into the evening, maybe, or work out in the evening, and they're so jacked up. They're, they've got so much energy that they uh, are hungrier, and so <laughs> they might end up eating a little too much. In the, into the evening after they've worked out and now they're going to go to bed, but now they can't go to bed because they're still super energized and then they've got all of this food in their stomach and they don't want to go to bed right away. So it, it complicates itself. And that's one of the, what, just a few of the things that I see with too much physical activity. Uh, another example is um, when people start doing these a little bit more crazy style fitness classes where they're doing uh, these jumps and these uh, plyometric style exercises where they're doing extremes and explosions, deadlifts and, 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 and jumps and so effects on their joints. And I, I, I often see a lot of people injure themselves, whether it's a twisted ankle or a pulled muscle or a twisted tendon or uh, a snapped um, shoulder or, you know, there's just so many different injuries that ends up happening. And then they're back to square one. Now they got to take time off and then they have to go to the doctor and then they've got to take medicines and then it messes their diet. Oh, it just leads into so many different complications. 
Wow, that totally makes sense. I did not connect、yeah. all the dots together before,、uh, but the way you these examples are so obvious, so significant. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know,、uh, sometimes, for example,、uh, I'll have uh, uh, a person do a fitness routine, and they'll say, "Oh man, it was such a great workout!" But boy, I was so sore. And sometimes the next thing that comes out of their mouths is. Yeah, I didn't really sleep that well, but boy, did I feel great! <laughs> and and what a lot of people don't realize is that when you don't sleep, I mean, you, you you know the studies. I mean, you you've seen quite a few of the studies. I would imagine it affects your blood pressure, it affects、mm-hmm. your insulin and glucose、uh, regulation, and so there's a high likelihood of your body. Wanting more calories later on in the day because of that dysregulation, because of the the hormonal、uh, dysregulation that occurs,、uh, not getting the、uh, you know the five、uh, sleep REM cycles that you get、mm-hmm. through the that you need through the evening from a seven to nine hour sleep, and、uh, and so a lot of people don't realize, and I tell them, look, you know, one of the biggest challenges there is, is that. That level of physical activity is affecting the way you sleep, and so one good deed does not、uh, erase another. You you, you don't want to do more physical activity because, <laughs> quite honestly, it's hurting you. Right. So, so yeah, it's always fascinating to me、uh, on, on that connection. Yeah. So,、um, have you noticed any gender difference? So, in my practice currently, I see more female clients. I wish I can see more male male clients. I I would say the ratio is about sixty five seventy percent women、um, to thirty to thirty five percent men. the The differences in eating、um, they do vary.、Um, I'll, I'll give you one example.、Um, with men, I often find, and it, this is not. The same for all men across the board. You know,、mm-hmm. uh, there are some differences, but with men, a lot of times, what I'll see is、um, copycat eating, or eating because they need to belong to something, or maybe eating because they 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 have these expected male roles. Like, for example,、um, I went to a restaurant the other day, and I'll use this instead of a client example. I'll use an example. I went to a restaurant the other day, and I was sitting down. I think there was just three or four of us. No, there was four of us: my wife and somebody else,、uh, a couple, uh, another couple. And then、uh, the waitress came over, and we had we had placed our orders, and she came over with the food, and then she she had a salad and and a meat plate on、uh, on one hand, and she she proceeded to serve the meat plate to me. And then she was giving the salad to my wife, and I said, "Oh no, no, the salad's for me. The salad's <laughs> for me." And, and so, what happens is that we have these implicit biases on on how、uh, we think we're supposed to eat. And so,、um, a lot of times, I find that some men tend to eat what they think people think they should eat, or. You know, you might grow up in a household where, so I'm Latino, and one of the things that I heard quite a bit is, "Oh, you, you, you got to be big and strong," and so you've got to. That kind of was code for you've got to get more calories in.、Uh, whereas I, you know, my sisters usually didn't hear that kind of that kind of information. So that's some of the,、mm-hmm. s- you know, simple um, little um, um, echoes in people's heads that come out. 
when I work with men. And a lot of uh, a lot of the male clients that I work with don't, don't often see those uh, un, uh, implicit, uh, unconscious biases that that occur all around us. So that, that that's quite a bit of what I see quite often. The other thing that I see, and and this is, is this is regardless of men or women. One of the biggest challenges is is how little people eat breakfast. I mean, mm-hmm. that's probably one of the most common problems that I see in people's diets on a regular basis is that they uh, don't eat really enough early on in the morning. And and by enough, I don't mean oh you know go and have pancakes and sausage and 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 uh, you know uh, scrambled eggs and. Uh, and omelets. Uh, what I'm talking about is a, is a balanced breakfast. Maybe an egg or two with a slice of toast and and um, you know and fruit with maybe uh, some veggies in your egg. You know, just to give you a, a very basic, simple example. Um, and I know that uh, different people eat different things for breakfast, but you know, just to give you an example of a balanced meal. So you've got five or six food groups in, in, in that one breakfast. And I often see people will get up in the morning and they'll self-medicate. They'll self-medicate with coffee and then uh, they don't eat anything. And so that, that a lot of people don't understand that the circadian rhythm is turned on and off by light and by food. Food is the energy that keeps the, the machine running. So it keeps the light on. That's what I tell people. And then the, the lights off at the end of the day. Now, of course, it's not just lights that help us sleep, right? Mm-hmm. Um, but that's the big one. And um, turning off the lights, going to bed at night, I mean, that's, that's going to represent the start of the, 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 the circadian rhythm at night. But so, so you've got this day, night, day, night, and it happens every single day. And so when we're not eating a balanced breakfast, we're not starting off the day, we're actually decreasing the metabolic function throughout the day. And so it's playing just ketchup. A lot of people are playing ketchup towards the end of the day. And by the end of the day, they're not feeding themselves enough. And even if they don't eat uh, like 3,000 calories, um, maybe they've just had, let's say, 1,600 calories for the day. And a lot of people think, well, oh, that's how many calories I should have. Quite honestly, there's a lot of people that need many more calories than that. But, you know, some, some clients come to me and they'll say, oh, 1,600, 1,800 calories, it's enough. Well, when I look at their, their eating pattern, they're getting 1,600 or 1,800 calories towards the end of the day. And so that we, it creates this imbalance. And then you have a lot of the extra energy that you don't really need. Now, your body may need 1,800 calories, but it doesn't want it all at one time. And we got to remember that the metabolism is fueled throughout the day. It's not fueled all at one time. It's like if, a, if you have a, a motor and it, it, it takes 1,800 gallons, um, if you put uh, all 1,800 gallons at one time, that motor is not going to run very efficiently. And so that's kind of the example or, or the analogy that I give clients quite often. And then what happens towards the end of the day is a, a lot of keep, people will be using the, the, the coffee or the caffeine early on in the day. They're not revving their metabolism enough sufficiently throughout the day. Then towards the evening, they're needing uh, energy and sometimes they'll get it from food and then they'll overeat and then they'll feel tired um, or some people will use alcohol to take the edge off maybe. And so then you have this vicious cycle of, again, self-medicating where you're using food or maybe even alcohol as a way to, to relax. People find that, oh, you know, I'm going to relax and so I'm going to have this meal. And so dinner is almost always 
the, one of the larger meals of the day for most people. The social pressure you mentioned that totally makes sense, and、yeah. uh, I think that's behind a lot of us how we eat. Not only for men, right? Yeah. Also, like culture-wise, like I'm from a Chinese culture background, and、uh, dinner normally is big get together or.、Right. People talk about business over dinner table, and、right. uh, people end up eating more. Great to know、uh, how how like you connect food with our circadian rhythm system to help us think about this connection. Regarding breakfast, you totally hit like the point I am doing wrong. Also, I find myself often very busy in the morning. Don't eat well. Totally, get up, just have a coffee or some cookies. <laughs> Not healthy breakfast at all. Right, right. Yeah, I mean, I see this with so many people. It's and it's not just people who are overweight or obese. I I, I see this with people、um, all the time that are within healthy ranges of weight. And then I, I get people who are are thin or in within a, a healthy weight range, but end up. Uh, going to the doctor, and their doctor tells them,、um, "Yeah, your blood sugar is starting to creep up a little bit," and they are baffled. They, you know, they think, "Well, wait a minute, I'm not overweight, I'm not obese. The doctor has to be wrong." And you know, when when you get into routine for so many years, and、I'm, and people do this for years and years. Um, your body can't keep up with it. It just <laughs> sort of this autopilot syndrome problem that I see with a lot of clients. I talk about this in my podcast.、Um, how we hit the autopilot early in the morning, and it's just one thing after another after another, and it's just a cascade of, of events that we do often all the time. Saves us a lot of time, saves us a lot of energy, and so it makes it very efficient for us in our day, but at an, at an expense. And that expense is giving your body what it needs. It's sort of like a、um, meditation, right?、Mm-hmm. Meditation is something that we all know we need. Now, you, we can call it meditation, but it's also known as prayer. It's also known as relaxation. We need that from time to time to refuel ourselves, to recharge ourselves.、Um, just like we need to have a balanced breakfast to start the day to get us、uh, going. And so, I tell people, look, you know. Uh, meditation is great, but、um, if you're not eating what you need, it's not going to help you much. Where right. You go.、Yeah. <laughs> it's great you mentioned the meditation because when you talk about autopilot, I was、yeah. thinking, well, that's what I've been discussing with my clients on other aspects. Also, like we are often in this autopilot、uh, state. Throughout our day,、yes. we are not living in the present moment. Yes. But in the morning, when we just wake up. That's totally like it's so easy to be in this autopilot state regarding、yeah. eating, drinking. Right? We don't even think. We just、no. grab whatever、uh, yes. we we crave or available right around us. Precisely. That's exactly the point. It's this: we hit the autopilot, and there is a lack of thinking, and and it's good. It's good in in that it it gives us efficiency. It gives us time management. But it also blinds us. It blinds us to the patterns that are creating challenges, and this is one of the reasons why I see thin people who end up de- developing type two diabetes. They don't realize that the body can't handle what it needs at the end of the day. It needs it throughout the day, and so your energy dysregulation is is essentially the best way to call it. Right.、Yeah. So, what are some tips or things 
we really need to pay attention to in the morning, or we need to consider eating in the morning. That's a really good question. Um, the two things come to mind, and that is,、uh, and this is again the reason why I, I called my podcast "One Small Bite." It's one small thing that we think or that we do. It doesn't have to be a a beautiful plate of balanced food groups in the morning.、Uh, start with something that's missing, or something that we don't need to do so much. So. Instead of me fighting with clients to tell them to stop having coffee in the morning,、um, the sacred coffee is not a direction or a battle I want to fight.、Uh, what I often tell clients is, you know, next to your coffee maker, put a bowl of fruit, and、uh, this way at least the bowl of fruit is there. Now you may not、um, eat it, but over time, what will happen is you might just do exactly. If you had a box of cookies next to the coffee machine, you'd probably just grab one without thinking. And so, what often happens is that I'm trying to do two things with clients. One is get them to be stimulated、um, by the、uh, simple behaviors that they do, but there's a slight difference in them. So,、um, I believe it was、uh, James Clear who who wrote the book.、Um, Atomic habits. He talked. He talks about stacking habits. So, if you have an old habit, you stack on a new habit on top of that, and that's one of the directions that I go with many of my clients. So, in the morning, I tell them, "Okay, instead of doing the same thing every single morning,、um, why don't you do the same thing with something slightly different? Right, that's right there. It's it, it, it prompts you to change your direction slightly, which then allows you." To pause or to stop and go, ah,、oh, yeah. Let me just grab this fruit and some nuts, and then let me start with that kind of breakfast instead of just going straight for my coffee. And those are the simple things that I tell clients to do. Now,、uh, that doesn't mean that I I don't help clients work with a more balanced、uh, breakfast. I do tell them that eventually we do want to get to a balanced breakfast, but it doesn't have to be every single day. There are just going to be days where we're too busy. So I tell them, look, have something light before you go to work, and go ahead and have your coffee. And then when you get to work, maybe an hour or two later, balance off the rest. Like for example,、um, so I talk to clients about having at least four of the six food groups for a breakfast. And so what that means is there's six food groups: so there's fruit, vegetables, grains, dairy, animal proteins or proteins, and then fats. So these are the six food groups. I tell them, look, try to shoot for four with at least one of them being fruit and/or vegetables, and then you have a protein with that, and you're set. And then they go, oh, okay, I got it. And and then I give them examples, and I say, okay, look, so you've got the fruit, you got some nuts, that's your fat, and that's your fruit. Now you've got two other food groups, and you can just have them when you get home. I mean, get to the office. And then I tell people, when you get to the office, go ahead and have. Uh, a boiled egg and then some oatmeal, or maybe having、um, uh, a, a scrambled egg mix at the cafeteria with a slice of toast and peanut butter.、Um, so what I do is I get people to work with their habits to open their mind and eyes up to how to make those simple small changes. And then I also tell people, look, you don't have to do it every single day. Work on it. Three or four times a week, 
and then build on that over time and, and, and look at how you feel. Do you have more energy? Do you feel better? Is your mood better? Do you feel like you need to drink the coffee? Do you have uh, uh, um, uh, any challenges? I, I, I will say one common, not problem, but one common comment I get when I start having people eat breakfast is that they'll say to me, well, David, I'm just hungry later on. I'm like, yeah, <laughs> that's exactly what you want. You want to be hungry. That really means your metabolism is working. That's a good sign. And I tell them, don't be afraid of that. Hunger is a good thing. Hunger is telling you something. It's telling you, hey, feed me. <laughs> I need energy. You want that. And so I tell people not to run away from that. So um, the, that's one of the, the positive side effects uh, that happen from uh, uh, those two simple tips. Again, one is do something on top of an old habit. And number two, allow yourself some wiggle room. Give yourself some uh, time throughout the week where you don't have to do it perfectly all the time. Or not that you have to do it perfectly. You, you can give yourself a, a, a few days off so you're not having to focus too much time on it. That's wonderful tips. I'm yeah. sure a lot of people can benefit from these two points. At least I know myself, I'm going to start from there. Good. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, while you're talking about that, I'm even thinking about in my clinic, uh, I want to take good care of all my providers. So I may, we have a coffee machine. I know that's a go-to machine for everyone <laughs> that's, in that's the morning. That's necessary, right? Yeah. right? So I'm going to go ahead and buy a huge jar of uh, maybe nuts and uh, yeah. bananas or something. Yeah. right beside the machine for my yes. providers. That's beautiful. I think that that's an excellent idea because if you put it right next to the machine, there's a greater likelihood that people will actually eat something that they need. Yes. Yeah. That's, that's yeah. so wonderful beautiful. idea. I love yes. that. I, I love how you took on to that. <laughs> <laughs> Definitely. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Awesome. So you also mentioned a lot of people tend to eat a big meal or they become hangry no matter whether they exercise too much or work too hard or starve yeah. themselves during the day. So nighttime eating is another big issue I see from people I know personally uh, or my clients. So any, uh, how do you deal with that kind of problem? That's a really good question. So the first way to deal with that problem is to see what you're eating early on in the day, which is one of the reasons why I talk so much about the breakfast and and <laughs> excuse me and getting enough to eat early on in the day because if you don't what ends up happening is from a physiological standpoint mainly you are not getting what you physically need in the day and so by the end of the day you may feel hunger and it's interesting because hunger doesn't strike you or strike people as oh my gosh i've got these stomach pangs and and i can't stop thinking of eating it's very subtle. Um, sometimes it comes through as thirst. Sometimes it comes through as I want a snack or I get an urge or there's a tempting uh, desire. A lot of times there's also the habitual eating that happens either before dinner, at dinner, or after dinner. And so that's kind of like, I think where you're talking about, that's what I often see with my clients as well. It's like, David, I just, I want something snack to snack on after dinner or um, before I go to bed, I just want to have a little snack. And um, a lot of times what I find is that it's, self, it's a self-fulfilling prophecy. It is a habitual function more than a, a physiological hunger. But it also is, it may be stimulated 
by the uh, the physical hunger that they've felt or didn't feel throughout the day, and it might manifest itself through the desire or the temptation or the urge to have something. I get a lot of clients that'll have dinner and they'll say, I just like something sweet after dinner. And then I'll say, you know, you're just telling yourself that. And therefore, by repeating it so often, it's a self-fulfilling prophecy. It's almost as if they have to do it because that's the way they identify themselves. And so one of the things that I try to do, one simple technique that I get people to do is, and, and I wish I, I, I would have come up with this by myself, but I didn't. I, I, uh, I've adopted this. And I think they, they use this in, 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 in psychology quite often. And that is a uh, 10 or 15 minute pause. I tell people, okay, if, if you want something to eat at night and you're, and you're not sure if it's actual physical hunger or habitual emotional hunger, I tell them, wait, give yourself 10 or 15 minutes. If after 10 or 15 minutes, you still want it, have it. And a lot of people look at me like I have two heads when I say that. They're like, <laughs> wait, what? Have it? <laughs> and I'll say, yeah, go ahead, have it. And, uh, and, and I say to them, okay, but if you have it, when you have it, be completely present when you're eating it. In other words, make sure that there aren't any distractions. You don't have the TV on. Just make sure to have it. And it's, it's so interesting because a lot of people will tell me, you know, David, I didn't even really want it. Or they'll say to me, you know, it didn't taste quite the way I expected it to. Or, you know, David, I really hate you. My chips are not very good anymore. <laughs> <laughs> and, uh, and I'll say, okay, that's a good thing, right? <laughs> so, so that's one simple technique that I tell people. Uh, so there, there's two, right? Eating enough early on in the day so you go into the evening or to the end of the day hungry. Um, and then... Um, paying attention to whether or not that's a habitual hunger, meaning that you're doing it just because of habit, or if it's actually a physical hunger. Now, there are other complications. It, it could get a little bit more complex in that there may be coping mechanisms that are happening. People are using food as a soothing mechanism. There could be eating disorders. There could also be a, a leptin ghrelin, which are the satiety and hunger hormones that might be dysregulated. So there, and there could be other illnesses like diabetes and high cholesterol and high blood pressure that, that create a challenge. There's also medications. And if someone has, you know, if they're sick, if they have a cold, so there, there, there are other reasons why, but generally speaking, those two things, getting enough energy or early on in the day, and then paying attention to whether that hunger is habitual or if it's uh, physical is, is the key. Hmm. That's great to think about that. That's actually there are two different type of eating or craving for food. Yeah, yeah. Um, I tell people that eating is both emotional and physiological or biological. If if your body isn't physically being fed or heard, the body is going to communicate very loudly with your mind and the emotions start kicking in and that's where cravings and temptations and urges and heaven forbid in the future, uh, coping mechanisms with food where we start using food to soothe or to punish or, or to numb start kicking in. Yeah. Amazingly how uh, related or how similar eating and sleep and psychology are um, so alike. 
Yeah. Our body always sends signals to us, right? No matter is whether we are hungry, we are sleepy, sleepy, yeah. Uh-huh. <laughs> yeah, or we are actually facing some challenges we are not ready to deal with. Our body always talking to us. We just yeah. don't listen to it a lot of time. Right. Right. Absolutely. I mean, one hundred percent correct. Is there anything else you want the audience to know? Yeah, maybe a couple of things. So one, and, and I know、um, near in your neck of the woods out in California, there are several registered dietitians, nutritionists like myself. I would highly recommend people look into hiring or connecting with a registered dietitian nutritionist.、Um, we're very well trained in both the emotional as well as the physiological、um, aspects of nutrition. And a、uh, a nutritionist can a diet a registered dietitian nutritionist can be extremely beneficial in helping you discover what changes you can make that are beneficial for you individually. So, looking into that, the other thing that I would say is that it doesn't take changing your diet. It doesn't require be- becoming a vegan or being. Uh, placed on a special diet, or it doesn't require、uh, any rigid rules on the way we eat. It, a lot of, of of eating healthy is small, simple changes that you can make throughout the day, throughout the the week,、um, in a meal.、Um, if you can look at what your patterns that you're doing or not doing that are not helping you. That's where you would want to put your focus on changing. I'll give you one example. I get a lot of clients that'll, and then we just talked about this a little while ago. I'll get a lot of clients that'll say, "I just want something sweet after a meal." Well, you got to think about it. If there are seven days in a week, that's seven times in a row that you're doing the same sweet eating. Maybe all you need to do is change that one thing. You know, and that's just one of a gazillion different examples of how to make changes. Um, you know, another one would be、um, putting your sneakers next to your bed in the morning. So as soon as you walk, get out of bed, you're reminded, "Oh, okay, go work out." <laughs>、mm. It doesn't really take a rigid,、um, complex program of diets and physical or fitness programs to to get you to be healthy. It's small, one bite changes over time. Mm. Always start with baby steps, and、Always. stacking strategies works for fitness, other things too.、Uh, yeah, absolutely. Same thing with sleep as well. Yeah.、Mm-hmm. Awesome. So, yeah.、Uh, how do people find registered dietitian nutritionist?、Oh, good, good question. So the 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 best way is to go to the Academy of Nutrition and Dietetics. Their their website is、um, eatright dot org. And there is a find a registered dietitian nutritionist or find a dietitian、uh, on there.、Um, they can Google, of course, a dietitian.、Um, a lot of dietitians also take insurance, and so sometimes going to your insurance portal,、um, if you have health insurance, if you go to your health insurance portal,、uh, you'll probably find a list of、uh, RDNs, registered dietitian nutritionists. That、uh, may take insurance. Not all of us do,、um, but you could also find them online. But you're also more than welcome to、um, uh, contact 
us at um, at onesmallbite.net and uh, we can hook you up with someone near you or you can get in touch with us and, and start working with one of our dietitians. Great. Yeah, so uh, for your practice, you can see people from California? Yes, I can. Absolutely. Okay. California, um, almost any state in the United States. Awesome. Yes. Mm-hmm. So I want to know, uh, and I'm sure the audience want to know how they can get in touch with you, your team. Uh, so your website, I will put your website on the show note. Is there any other ways they can either find you, find your show or get to know what you talk about more? Absolutely. Uh, so my show is One Small Bite. My website is, one, and it's a podcast. My website is onesmallbite.net. N-E-T. And, um, and uh, I also have my practice website, which is tdwellness.com. And uh, that's T is in Trisha, D is in David, wellness.com. Um, but you could also find me on Facebook. You could also find me on Instagram at Instagram I'm at David underscore TD Wellness. And then um, on Facebook, um, my Facebook group for my podcast isn't up yet, but I'll have that up soon. Uh, so you'll be able to find me there soon. Thank you very much for yeah. taking the time, sharing all this with me, with all the audience. Yeah, absolutely. This has been fun. I really look forward to having you on my show. And, <laughs> uh, and absolutely, I can, I, just, I can talk nutrition until I'm blue in the face. <laughs> <laughs> yes, that's David. Wonderful information. If you want to find all the links and his information, please visit our show note at deepintosleep.co slash episode slash 032. If you have any questions for me or if there's any topic you want to listen to, please feel free to leave me a message or leave me a voice message on the website. Thank you for listening to Deep Into Sleep podcast. And I'm the host, Ishan. I will see you next week. Sleep is an individual thing. We all sleep differently. And there is so much we can do to improve sleep quality. Keep hope and carry on. This podcast is for general informational purpose only and does not include the practice of medicine or other health professional services. Usage of the information we share is at the listener's own risk. And our content does not intend to be a substitute for any medical and professional services, diagnoses, and treatment. Please seek professional health services as needed. Are you suffering from insomnia? I promise you, the CBTI method in my course will definitely help you. Even if several nights of better sleep, that would be a world-changing experience for you. I have had so many success from my insomnia patients who have taken this course over the years. If you know someone who are struggling with sleep, go to my website and check out my course at deepintosleep.co forward slash insomnia.